Less publicized, but critically important to the future of the league. NFL owners meetings are underway. Wave two free agent options for the Washington Commanders. And it's mock draft Monday, less than a month away from the 2022 NFL draft on the Locked On Commanders podcast. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms. And we thank you for making us your first listen of the day or your first view of the day if you're checking us out over on YouTube. I am David Harrison covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host, Chris Russell, the rooster, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980. Find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at dharrison82, at WrestleMania621, and at LO Commanders. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Chris, NFL owners meetings have begun. Uh, I know Bruce Arians has already said some interesting things, talking to Steve Weiss there of the NFL Network about uh, what they were going through to replace Tom Brady. That was some interesting stuff but commanders fans don't really care about that do they they want to know what ron rivera has up his sleeves and what's going on down there with the washington commanders yeah and and we don't know what ron rivera is going to say when he's going to speak uh, basically for those that are unfamiliar uh david and and, and i'm sure you know this uh, like they have like the afc coaches breakfast the nfc coaches breakfast but like your point Bruce Arians wasn't doing that. He was just talking to Steve Weich because Bruce Arians is one hell of a guy. Well, guess who else <laughs> also likes to talk, 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 talk besides me? And that's Ron Rivera, the head coach yeah. of the Washington Commanders. So at some point, we're going to hear from Ron Rivera, probably outside of that hour-long breakfast where it's a big shindig, where you can kind of meet with the media in different little groups and maybe a little one-on-one action. Uh, we will see. But Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thing, I don't know about you, the thing that I'm most interested in, in, in hearing from Ron at this point is now that we are in wave two of free agency, and you might want to call this wave three, I don't know, I just call it wave two of free agency, they don't have a lot of operating room because they chose to take a delay on the Landon Collins situation till yeah. post-June 1st. Are they going to be aggressive in this wave or do they have to wait after June 1st to get those additional funds. And if they are going to be aggressive in this wave, which I don't know how aggressive they can be, David, does that include Bobby Wagner? Does that include DeAndre Carter, who they still haven't brought back yet, despite bringing back a number of their free agents? Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Carter's a name that sticks out to me. He's a guy that, I mean, I've mentioned it on the Locked On Bucks podcast that maybe the Buccaneers uh, take a look at him because he's got return uh, abilities. And he obviously showed some skills with Washington Commanders, probably one of the the surprising bright spots. Like we all knew that Antonio Gibson was a talented back, even with his fumble issue, still played pretty well. We all knew that Terry McLaurin was a stud and, and stuff like that. that Jonathan Allen, obviously a uh, leader on the team. So those guys kind of delivered to the expectations or to what we thought would happen. But DeAndre Carter was a guy that really came in. And I remember back at training camp, Chris, you kind of you kind of snuck him in there. You're like, you know what? We kind of started off with like Deami Brown. There was another guy. Uh, that you were really excited about. I think it was Dax Mill getting some punt return duties there uh, early on in camp. And then DeAndre Carter is a guy you kind of threw out there. You're like, keep an eye on this kid. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, uh, he's out there returning, you know, returning a kick for a touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons and becoming a very 
very, I would say critical, but a, a contributing part of the offense. I like what he brings to the team. I'd love to see him back. And if not, uh, I would just love to continue covering him, which is why I throw his name out with the Buccaneers. As far as a Bobby Wagner move, I don't know that I go Bobby Wagner. I think, and I think if you're Bobby Wagner, you're probably looking for a team that you know has playoff aspirations, right? Not to say like every team comes in uh, with playoff aspirations, but you want kind of a proven track record uh, of making the postseason, which is why teams like the Ravens and the Rams, uh, especially with Baltimore, when they have guys like J.K. Dobbins healthy, Lamar Jackson is at his best. Those teams make sense for a veteran like this versus a team like the Washington Commanders or maybe the Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, who are kind of building towards being those competitors. You know, it's interesting, though, that as you say that, and and certainly the Rams won the Super Bowl, the Ravens did not make the playoffs because no. Lamar Jackson's uh, injury plus their defense completely fell apart due to injury and COVID and no. uh, all of that. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, do the Washington Commanders and the Miami Dolphins view themselves uh, as non – non not not non-playoff teams but non-playoff or non-championship contenders like can they sell that on Bobby Wagner I think the sell is easier for a team like Miami than it is for Washington but if you listen to Ron Rivera and I guarantee you he's going to say it at some point this week Ron thinks this is the greatest team since sliced bread you know I mean David they have been beat beat beating the drum all off-season long for, hey, we were a playoff team last year before the roof collapsed. Yeah, Slow down. Slow down. Mm-hmm. But if it helps you recruit Bobby Wagner, maybe you can. You know, PFF, like the longer this goes, PFF has him projected for a one-year $8 million deal. Mm-hmm. Washington would have to move some things around in order to, to I, I think, absorb that right now. Maybe mm-hmm. they could, depending on structure and all that stuff and uh, exact language. But it's not that much money for Bobby Wagner, all things considered. I mean, if I've got to go four years, $48 million, no thanks. If I need one year, $8 million, $7 million, somewhere in that range – I'd like to be in the Bobby Wagner industry, you know, and I'd like to yeah. do whatever I can to convince him that Commander Carson is is taking this team all the way. It's the next great thing. Yeah, I mean, you would love to have a guy like Bobby Wagner on the team. You know, that's the question is how much does he believe in what Ron Rivera uh, and Martin Mayhew are going to be selling him and maybe the other coaches, you know, whoever he talks to, uh, the other defensive players on the team that maybe talks to. But they also kind of, you know, veterans talk and veterans pay attention in the way that they came after Landon Collins, asked him to take a pay cut. He took it. Ask him to take another pay cut, and you know uh, that's still just kind of a funny thing. But and and who knows how much Bobby Wagner is going to read into that kind of a thing, or how much he's not. It's an eye of the of the beholder type of situation. But again, who's competitive? Who's not competitive? Because I think what you can argue if you if you're the Washington Football Team or the Washington Commanders is that as the Washington Football Team, were you a better team healthy than the Philadelphia Eagles who did sneak into the playoffs? I think you can make that argument, and in that sense, and you can say you're a playoff contending team, but if you're Bobby Wagner, are you looking at them saying, yeah, but you're a team that's going to be in the playoffs, not really challenging in playoffs. I'm looking for a team that's coming in as a challenger. Yeah. And and I totally understand that, but you know, like let, let's be honest, you can't always call your shot and get your, your bag of cash that's too. True. So, you know, he yeah. might have to balance all that. Uh, we will see he, again, he's visited with the Ravens, visited with the Rams. We will see uh, where that goes. Certainly still yeah. a need. We'll get more into free agent fits and needs. Uh, now that, again, we're in this second tier of free agency. One other thing I wanted to hit real quick, the overtime rules, David, are going to be changed likely this week after the vote right. and all that stuff. Are, 
the reality is both teams are going to get at least one possession in all likelihood. Are you cool with that? Or would you rather them just not touch what they currently have? I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I like the college rules. I I like the college overtime system. I think the NFL should just adopt it and say, you know what? That's a really good idea. Let's just copy paste that to the NFL. I don't, I don't think it's really that, you know, I don't think anybody's gonna look at it and say, Oh, you had to copy an amateur league and, and whatever, whatever. Um, I think they just don't want to admit that another league, uh, even though it's not a professional league, a competing league has a better idea than they do. Look, I'm I'm in the school of thought that if you lose in overtime, you had four quarters to beat the team that you played across mm-hmm. the field from you. You know what I mean? So I don't really have a lot of empathy for that whole thing. If NFL teams really want to ensure that each other, that each each offense is going to get a chance to touch the ball, fine, I'm all for it. But what I would say is this: this there's, you're not going to make everybody happy, right? So one of the proposals, real quick. Just to sum it up, says that if the first team to have the ball scores a touchdown, they have to score a two-point conversion or go for a two-point conversion. If they get the two-point conversion, they still win out, right? And you still have this situation where the other offense right. never gets on the field. So I don't see that as an all-encompassing solution either. Um, but then the, uh, the the problem I have with that atmosphere or that attitude anyway is if the team that now misses the two-point conversion because they had to gives up a touchdown, that team gets to kick an extra point and win the game. And what's the other side going to say? Well, we had to go for the two-point conversion. You did. Nothing's going to make everybody happy. Yeah. If you really want everybody to have the ball, then fine. Just give both sides the ball. Just say, we'll do one possession. But I would say, Chris, those first two possessions are untimed possessions. After that, we start an eight-minute running clock, first score wins, or the game ends in a tie. That's what I would say because if you still have a 10-minute clock, What's if I'm if I'm say the Kansas City Chiefs or if I'm a team with a really good run deep, run offense the, the Tennessee Titans, yeah. what's to keep me from being inside the ten yard line with six minutes left in that overtime period and not just grinding the ball, grinding the ball, grinding the ball, run that clock down to where now the opposing team has four minutes. There's nothing that's gonna make everybody happy, but if you yeah. want to guarantee both sides touch the ball, guarantee both sides touch the ball, and don't play this game of well if you get a two point conversion and a touchdown then you win the game because you still have that problem potentially hanging over everybody's head. You know, I haven't heard the idea of starting the clock after each team has a possession because that would be my concern about any of all of this is extending a game even further uh, when you have bodies, you know, and teams riddled with injuries, playing on short weeks, Sunday to Thursday, uh, you know, uh, uh, Monday night to to Sunday afternoon, so on and so forth. All right, Jarvis Landry, guys, is still unsigned as of right now and – under new contract representation, the Washington Commanders should make a run at a veteran wide receiver, and we'll tell you why it might just be Landry. But first, David is here to talk about something Landry isn't, and that's a marshmallow puff. Yeah, of course we're talking. Of course we're talking about Built Puffs. If you haven't tried Built Puffs, you're missing one of the best parts of the Built Bar lineup. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they're fan favorites with some amazing flavors out there. Built Bars, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including. The puffs, they're low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bars for them. Still have a sweet snack, but not feel guilty about it because they're better than a typical candy bar that can have anywhere from two to three hundred calories. While most built bars contain just one hundred and thirty calories, only four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, and come loaded with seventeen grams of protein. They're all delicious with new flavors coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, 
they're probably going to make it. And at Built Bar, they make it delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy and they make it work every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, that promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, thanks again, Commanders fans, for making us your first listen and your first view on YouTube of the day. Now make sure you're following the Locked On NFL podcast. We're Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's available and it's free wherever you get your podcasts. Along with David Harrison at dharrison82 covering the Washington Commanders. Press Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, co-host of the Russell and Medher Show on the team, 980 in the Washington, D.C. area and elsewhere on the Odyssey app. All right, David, so as we keep mentioning and we talked about a little bit with Bobby Wagner, it is tier two of free agency where guys drop their prices. And I wanted to take a couple of minutes with you to kind of gauge where you're at in terms of what position groups maybe Washington could still be looking at, tier two, tier three, as we get closer to the draft now that everybody spent a lot of their money. And I, the, the position groups I, that I kind of like came up with off the top of my head that they could still use help is cornerback, tight end, wide receiver, and linebacker. We just talked about or mentioned Jarvis Landry. And as you as you were correct, he, he fired his agent or moved on from his old agent. Now he's got new agents because he didn't get the kind of contract that he was looking for. So I don't think Jarvis Landry comes cheap. But if we're looking at the wide receiver position, A, do you think they still need veteran help? And B, is there anybody besides Jarvis Landry that they could go to in your eyes? Or would Jarvis Landry be at the top of that list even if he costs more money than ideally you'd like to spend? Yeah, Jarvis Landry's at the top of the list for me. And, and you know, I, I don't have a connection with Jarvis's camp or, or anything like that, but just the way that he carries himself, the way that he presents himself in a locker room is what really attracts me to a guy like Jarvis Landry. We've talked about this uh, already this offseason and what is the identity of the Washington Commanders. And so many times that identity is tied to the quarterback and then the quarterback between or the relationship between the quarterback and the head coach. Well, when you have a defensive head coach, and you have a, a quarterback that's obviously a, an offensive player, that that relationship is always just a little bit skewed, which is kind of why you saw like Tom Brady and, and, and Coach McDaniels kind of have a, a better bond, uh, at least publicly, than you know Coach Belichick and Tom Brady do necessarily. But I still look at you know, the quarterback situation, and I still question what is going to be the mentality because as much as you know, I, th- I think we both agree Carson Wentz is a physical upgrade over Taylor Heineke, there are those leadership questions those leadership questions are going to, it's going to take some time for Carson to one, fully get integrated into the team and two, really get to the point where people believe he is going to be the leader of the team and his personality starts to kind of lead the way. So in the meantime, you need a strong personality, a leadership voice in the offense that can help shape and mold uh, the offensive attitude and the characteristics of your team. And honestly, with a guy like Jarvis Landry, if Carson Wentz comes in is not holding his own water, which I'm not saying he's going to do that, but if he comes in, he's not holding his own water, Jarvis Landry is the wide receiver that's going to call him out for it. And Jarvis Landry is going to hold him accountable for it. I'm not even saying necessarily to the media or to the public or anything like that. He'll do it behind closed doors. He'll do it in the meeting rooms, and he'll do all those things. But if you're the Washington Commanders, and you're talking about a situation where 70% snaps to, to Carson Wentz to your QB1, as, as Ron Rivera is putting it, cost you a second round draft pick going from a third to a second round draft pick 
you need to know before you get to like the 60% season threshold, whether or not you believe Carson is the guy in 2022 that can get you to where you're trying to go, which is the tournament. And if he can't, you need to make that decision ahead of time and make whatever decision you have to make in light of that, 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 uh, that revolution, that revelation Jarvis Landry, I promise you is a wide receiver that is going to help you do that. And he's going to help continue Terry McLaurin's development as one of the better professionals in this league, because Jarvis is a lot of things, very spirited, very fiery, but he's a professional and he's never been called a cancer in a locker room or on a team. And he's a tough receiver that any quarterback would love to have on the roster. Uh, another name that's out there is Emmanuel Sanders last mm. with Buffalo scored a touchdown against Washington in week three. I'd love to have Emmanuel yeah. Sanders. Emmanuel's and I think talented. more affordable uh, than Jarvis Landry staying quickly on offense. Um, I don't know if they need a tight end, but it would be like something I think smart insurance to do with Ricky Seals Jones out. Yeah. And of course, uh, Logan Thomas coming off the ACL, which you know wasn't repaired until mid to late December. There's right. a chance that Logan Thomas could be certainly on a pitch count, limited, maybe not even available for week one. And that would leave you with John Bates and 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 uh, Samus Reyes to me like a guy like Jared Cook if you could somehow reel him in that yeah. would be an ideal veteran short term fit who could also help you long term if you wanted to carry four again. Yeah, honestly, look, I like I like addressing the tight end position again this off season. I like doing it in the NFL draft. I think there's enough there's a lot of talent in the NFL draft class here. Um, and and believe me, you know I'm the guy who's been saying you have to approach the off season based off of what you have not what you want. And at the tight end position, what do you have? You have, like you mentioned, a very talented tight end who's coming off of a very seriously, you know, injury shortened season. You have a second year player who showed some flashes of being good, not great, but being good. And then you have a very unproven second year player who is well unproven. So you need to address the position. I agree, but this is where I'll let myself kind of get into the, what I want or what I think will happen realm just a little bit, still address the position, still go get some talent, but in a draft class where there's probably no first-round tight ends, I don't think any tight end is going to go in the first round, but you have a lot of day two mm -hmm. talents mm -hmm. in the tight end class, I think you go out there and you look to to potentially address that uh, on day two at the NFL draft. And I know that uh, Washington has the Texas A&M kid who is tight end number one or two, uh, depending on which board you look at. They have him on their 30-man uh, interview list. Or their, for their draft preparation. So obviously they're doing their homework on the tight end position. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that makes sense. And Trey McBride is out there and mm -hmm. uh, Dulcich from uh, UCLA, as you mentioned, yep. a lot of really good value in those middle rounds. All right, quickly switching over to linebacker. I mean, we discussed Bobby Wagner. Of course, that's the name that fans want the most because that's the name yeah. that they're most familiar with. A couple of other options would be Alexander Johnson, a versatile linebacker uh, from Denver, Nicholas Morrow, who uh, again was with Jack Del Rio back in 2017 with the Raiders, uh, missed all of last year, but almost came back for their playoff loss. And then the other big question would be Dante Hightower. Yeah. I don't have any interest in Dante Hightower, even no. though he's been a very productive player at 32 going on 33, some injuries. Uh, no, thanks. I, I would rather no. not go there. I'm not, I, I'm not sure if you uh, agree or disagree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So then we don't have to spend a whole lot of time. And and then on at corner, they brought back Danny Johnson, but mm. you know, a guy like Bryce Callahan, a really good slot corner yeah. is still out there. Mike Nelson can play the slot as well. What about Joe Hayden, David? a Maryland product and yeah. not doesn't look like he's going back to the Pittsburgh Steelers no. and he's a zone corner, which they were kind of forced to do more of. What about Joe Hayden? 
Yeah, look, if Joe Hayden is out there after the NFL draft, absolutely. You go out there and you say, hey, look, dude, how much money do you want to play football this year? Because obviously there's just not a lot of suitors out there. I like Bryce Callahan before the draft. And, mm-hmm. and if you get him before the draft again, going off of what you have, you have Benjamin St. Juice, very long, very talented. A lot of ability when he's on the field. Unfortunately, he just wasn't on the field very much. Now, he has said that he is healthier. He has said that he's been working out a lot. And he's working out with some very talented guys. So, I mean, you have some hope there. But, again, you have to address the position based off of what you have. Danny Johnson is not enough. So, I like Bryce Callahan. And then, look, if, if a guy at the top of your board is there in, in a later round and you have a draft pick coming up, go ahead and invest in, 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 in the position group again in the NFL draft and just see what the best, say, three or four guys are that come out of camp. All right, it's Mock Draft Monday right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Where, oh, where are the Washington Commanders going to go? David and I will fill you in on what one major mock draft has for the Commanders at number 11. But, David, our next partner has a product that I just started using last week, and I take it every morning. I started taking Athletic Greens uh, because, well – I needed energy. I needed to feel better about myself. I don't always get to the gym, and it actually has helped. I mean, uh, you mix it with eight ounces of water. I've been on it for almost a week now, and you slug it down. And while, you know, like it it may not be, uh, I guess, a a peanut butter smoothie, it is a way to get your day going in a healthy and nutritious way way. And I want you guys to understand more about Athletic Greens. What is it? It's one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens. Uh, You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. I don't even know what an adaptogen is, but trust me, it'll be good for you. It'll help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that support uh, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. Um, So here's what we want you to do. Consider Athletic Greens. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew coffee or certainly that fufa latte drink that many of you get. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the spring and summer with all the allergies and all the stuff going on. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills uh, and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, guys. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Final segment here at the Locked On Commanders podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at DHarrison82 at WrestleMania621 at LO Commanders. It is Mock Draft Monday. And for this Monday, we're looking at Mel Kuyper's latest work. Uh, Of course, Mel Kuyper Jr. from ESPN, the notorious upsetter of Indianapolis Colts general manager. So watch out, Chris Ballard. In his latest work, Chris, we talk about the quarterback position. Mel Kuyper Jr. has the Washington Commanders drafting. Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. What do you think about that? All right, so a couple of things here. Um, I don't hate the idea. Again, we just talked about cornerback being a need. We know how raw and – or I should say we know how talented Derek Stingley Jr. is. 
Uh, of course, NFL bloodlines, all of that. We know how good he was back in 2019 when uh, Coach O was coaching LSU, go Tigers, and they won the national championship. But he hasn't been the same since then. So Coach O got fired. And Derek Stingley Jr. has been injured a whole lot. Go Tigers. But anyway, that's my problem. Derek Stingley Jr. has been injured a whole lot over the last two years. And I was yeah. talking to Logan Paulson, longtime tight end uh, in the NFL, uh, and he serves as a, a radio analyst on my radio show with Pete Medhurst on the Team uh, 980. And I love Logan, and Logan listens to this podcast, watches the podcast all the time. So hi, Logan. Uh, but he has Derek Stingley Jr., David, wait for this, his fourth best corner in the yeah. draft. He said it showed up all over the tape. The dude does not love football and does not have a brick uh, running through a brick wall mentality and like yeah. a passion for the game. So when I when you hear that, you think would that scare you off if that's Logan's view, or do you think there's a chance that somebody might see something different? I mean, yeah, honestly, like I, what Logan says obviously carries a lot of weight, and that's. Uh, that's that's even more. But I've already got concerns about Derek Seenley Jr. before mm -hmm. we even get to the passion about the game. And and I mean, let's be honest, most people who flame out in the NFL, they flame out uh, because of mental ability, not because of physical ability. Now, sometimes you do have injuries, right? I always go back to Kajana Carter. Uh, you know, he was supposed to be the next big running back in the National Football League. And his body said, nope, we're not going to do this. And he ends up, you know, flaming out due to injuries. But Guys who stay healthy but still don't make it in the NFL, usually it's a mental thing. Usually it's either work ethic, it's passion for the game, it's willingness and ability to study, retain information, read your, read your signals, read your changes, all those things, right? So when you talk about the mental acuity of a player and you have doubts about it, that's always going to be a concern and a problem. But really from, from Derek Singley Jr., it's just been too long since we've really been able to see and evaluate what he can do on a football field. And if I'm investing a first round draft pick in you minus a trade back to where I net other draft capital. So I, I'm I'm kind of hedging my bet a little bit. I'm kind of cushioning that investment a little bit if it doesn't work out. I just can't get on board with doing something like that. For me, injury risk, injury concerns, lack of evaluation, uh, stuff like that. Those are late first round picks or they're trade up into the first round picks or first round to get a guy like that. Or they're even day two uh, type of guys. And, and honestly, I go back and I know some of our listeners hate when I do this, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year picking 32nd overall in the 2021 NFL draft. What they do, they go out and they take Joe Tryon Schoenka. Now, Joe Tryon Schoenka hadn't played football for a year because he opted out because of COVID and all those things. So there's a little bit of a gap in the evaluation process there. Now, to a certain extent, you kind of give them a pass because everybody was really kind of dealing with that situation, right? There were a lot of players in that boat, but at least you had a consistent body of work to, to read from. With Derek Singley, you just don't have it. Now, Mel Kuyper does point out April 6th as his pro day. That's going to be very important, how he tests and all those things. And, and I agree. But I'm not going to draft a kid based off of workouts in number 11. And again, the tape that we have for me consistently is too old to rely on now. And I'm not going to draft a kid number 11 on workouts. So for me, Derek Stingley Jr. is off my first round board. If he's there round two, Okay, maybe I just take a, a risk on the upside. You know what I mean? That's that's something that you can deal with. But in round one, I'm looking for a guy that I know what I think I'm getting, even though sometimes that doesn't even work out. But I know at least what I think I'm getting because of recent evaluation film and tape. And I have minimal to no health concerns. Uh, and Derek Stingley doesn't fit any of that. Right. 
if Sauce Gardner is there, which in Mel's oh, draft, oh. he went one pick before. Yeah. I, Make no, Carson Wentz throw an 80-yard bomb up to the commissioner with that draft card. Absolutely. Right, exactly. There's no debate there. Uh, and I, I love what you said about Stinkley. You know, maybe he does. Maybe that's the precipitous drop that we always see. Uh, more on mock drafts. I know our buddy Eric Crocker has one uh, that uh, just came out. We'll get more into that, of course, on the next episode. Uh, speaking of Eric Crocker, uh, thanks for making the Locked on Commanders podcast your first listen and watch of the day. Now make your second one, the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast with Ryan Tracy and the aforementioned former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life each and every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So we'll have that and much more reaction to the owners' meetings continuing throughout the week right here on the Locked on Commanders podcast. For David Harrison, uh, actually, one more thing to tell you. If you want to hop in on the voicemail, which we got a couple that we have to get to, 301-615-3577, we will get to them on the next episode, or locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. For David Harrison, who is writing for SI.com's fan nation on the Washington Commanders, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Ned Hurst Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, don't drive like a maniac, as I like to always tell you. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast.